Learning Daf Nun Amid Beis, we're picking up at the bottom of Nun Amid Aleph, the second to last line, Dom Ravuna. So the Mishnah said that when three people eat together, they're not allowed to split up. So the Gemara asked, what's the Chiddush? The first Mishnah in the Parak says that when three people eat together, they have to be Mazami. So what's our Mishnah's Chiddush? So the Gemara gives three to him. The last Tarot says, Dom Ravuna, second to last line, Shloisha Shabau Mishalis Chaburais, when three people come together. From three separate chaburis, they're not allowed to split up. Now the three of them have to join together and make a simon. It's provided that they each came from three separate chaburas of three people. So each person was in a chabura of three people. So it's chayev to be mezamein. And now the three individuals from three separate chaburas joined together, so they're mezamein together. We only say this, provided that the Chabura that they left from didn't make a Zimun with them. In other words, if there was only three people including them, who besides them, so then when they left, if they made a Zimun, they would have included them. And then, even though they join up together with other people, so they don't uh, make a Zimun because they already made a Zimun. So that which we said, that when they come together, they have to make a Zimun, that's when the previous Chabura from which they came was not Mizamin with them. Aval Hazmin Alai, but if the previous Chabura was Mizamin with them, Miduchtayu in their place before they came over here, Parach Zimunayu, so the Zimun, meaning the obligation to be Mizamin, literally flew away, meaning it left them and their Pater. Amarava, Minamin, says Rava, how do I know this halacha? It says in the Mishnah, Midash Nignivachatia, you have a bed and half of it is stolen, meaning somebody breaks apart, uh, you know, some legs in the bed. And it's stolen. Oh, she avdach has your half. It becomes lost. Oh, she chalkua ach. You know, shutvin or brothers or partners split it up and divided it into two parts. So now, now the bed is in two parts, and either one is uh, is not functional. So therefore, it's tayra. If it was tummy beforehand, the tumma goes away because even though a functional bed could be makabel tumma, but if it's not functional, it's in half. So the tumma goes away. Yichzirua. What happens if they put the bed back together again? Ganav returns it, the object is found, the partners join up together, they put it back together as one bed. So now it's a bed again, a functional bed. So it's Mikabal Tumma from now on, but only in. Only from now on. But but retroactively, the Tumma doesn't come back. So what do we see from here? Since they split it up, Parachla Tumma, we know the Tumma left it. The Tumma goes and the Tumma never comes back. So I'm here too. Since the uh, the people in the Chabura from where they left made a Zimun before they left, Parach Zimun, the Chiv of Zimun left them. And even though they got together again, and now they're three people, and Lachara, they could now be Mizamin once again. No, the Chiv of Zimun was Parach left them. Now, of course, the Dimun is a little bit schwer because if they were Mizamin beforehand, what's the Havamina that the, the Chiv of Zimun should come back? So other Mepharshim offer different explanations, but. Uh, that's how Rashi explains the Gemara. So now the Mishnah said if there's base chaburais, two chaburais in a in a room, in a bias, so if some of the people in one chabura can see some of the people in the other chabura, so that's mitzar. If them, Tanis, the Gemara brings a brayso that says he may shamish him. If there's a shamish between them, and there's a shamish that's serving the two groups of people, he's going back and forth, shamish mitzar, and so that shamish joins them and they could be mizamein together. So the Mishnah then said, you can't make a bracha over yayin, Unless you've diluted it, if it's very strong, you can't make a bracha according to Rabbi Liazim. And the Chachamim say no. Even before you dilute, it, you can make a bracha. So turn around the Gemara with a brisa. Yayin, actually, not as no teichemayim wine. Before you dilute it with water, 
You can't make make the bracha like you make on a grape. Rashi explains because wine. The reason why you make a better, a different bracha on wine is because it changes for the better, right? You turn it into wine, and we saw all the good things about wine, but it has to change for the better. So in this case, the wine is still strong. That's not the change for the better. The change for the better is only after you've diluted it and made it into the drinkable wine. So therefore, until you do that, you make the bracha and You can even wash your hands from there, Rashi explains, since it's not considered wine. You don't make So it's like water. It's like regular mashkin of all Paris, and you can make, and you can use it as water. So you can use it for an DLC time. Once you put water in there, you diluted it properly, so then it becomes proper wine. You can't wash your hands from there because now it's no longer water. Now it's wine. You can't wash your hands with wine. That's according to Yabliyazer that we saw in the mission of Whether you dilute it or not, you always make Rebbe meaning it's considered wine even before it's diluted. And you can never wash your hands with it. Tells the Gemara, Keman Azla Shmuel. According to who does uh, that which Shmuel says accord? What does Shmuel say? Shmuel says, Shmuel says, the person can do whatever he needs to do. He can take care of his needs with his bread. So, Keman, so who does that accord with? Meaning, Abiliazer says that you're allowed to take wine, not when it's considered wine. But before it's considered wine, before you dilute it, you can take it and use it to wash your hands. Even though you're taking wine and washing your hands, you're ruining the wine. L'chaira, Nebuchadnezzar holds that you can do what you need to do besides eating. You can t- take care of other needs with wine. So that's like Shmuel who says that a person can do his uh, what he needs to do with his bread. I said it's not exactly like Shmuel because the Maya we hold that according to Shmuel, you're not allowed to ruin their bread in the process. But Al-Kopanim, it's it's in the same derech uh, as what Shmuel is saying. The Shittu from Liazor is even more makeup. Now, in terms of the Chachamim who say that you can't use wine, we don't really know what they hold. It could be they hold you can't use wine because it's always considered wine and it's not water. could be they agree with Liazor, but we just don't know. But Al-Kopani Rebbe Liazor, who holds that you can use the wine before you dilute it to wash your hands, must agree with this idea of Shmuel that you can do whatever you want with your bread, even to the point where you're going to ruin it. So I guess food, according to Rabbi Yezir, is not only for eating. Food is for doing whatever you need to do with it. Now, on Rabbi Yezir, Rabbi Chanina, Maidin Chachamim or Rabbi Yezir, B'Kaisho Bracha. The Chachamim agree with Rabbi Yezir when it comes to Kaisho Bracha, even though the Chachamim hold that on wine before it's diluted, when it's strong, you can still make a Rabbi Yagafen. It's still considered wine. Nonetheless, they agree when it comes to Kaisho Bracha, the cup that you bench on for Kiddush, let's say, She'ein Mavarachin, all about eating the Teichem. I mean, you shouldn't make, you shouldn't bench with that Kais. You shouldn't use that kais for the kais of bracha until you put in their water until you dilute it. My time, why? Ah, it's considered wine according to the chachamim anyway. Because you require a mitzvah in a mukha, you should do the mitzvah in the best possible way. And of course, even if it's considered wine, it's not ideal to be mavarech on such a cup of wine. Now, according to the rabbanan, what's it fit for? Meaning, why is it considered wine? If it's very strong and people wouldn't drink it normally, so why do they consider it wine? Why do they say the brachas is piyagafen? Rabbi Zeyah, it's fit for kuraiti. Kuraiti is some kind of a drink they used to make. It's called anumlin. Alkop aluntis. It's different kinds of drinks that they would make with strong wine. And since in such a form you can drink it, you make a rabbi piyagafen on it. Tan rabbanan. Rabbi Zeyah, Arba Dvarim Nemu 
they said four things about bread. You mustn't put raw meat on top of bread, right? It's going to soak into the bread and ruin it. You mustn't pass a cup full of liquid over bread. It might spill and ruin the bread. You're not allowed to throw the pass, throw the bread. You also cannot support your plate, your bowl with bread. Don't you put your bread, your um, your plate on top of the bread. In other words, you have to give respect to your bread. The three of them, they, they ate together. So they brought before them dates and pomegranates. So Marizutra took and threw before Avashi. So we have the word distana, which usually means a piece of meat. Marshasa doesn't understand what the piece of meat is doing here. Some don't have that word altogether, or some regards Rimaina. That's the passage of the Gemara that Rav uh, Marzutra took and threw one of the Rimainim at Ravashi. So I'm related. So uh, Ravashi said, Why are you throwing? Don't you hold of that which it says in the Brahisa? You're not allowed to throw food. How are you, how can you throwing food? It's disrespectful. So Rav uh, Marzutra said, back, No, that's talking about breasts. That's that. Which it says in the Bryce, and not to throw is not all foods, it's talking specifically about bread. Aye, what do you mean? But there's another Bryce that says, the same way you don't throw bread, you don't throw other foods either. Our Master of Ashi said back, but there is another Bryce that says, even though you're not allowed to throw past, you could throw other food. So it's clear there's a distinction between bread and other foods. Bread you can't. Throw and other foods you could throw, or maybe you can't throw. Oh, like kasha. So it's not fair. What we have to say is like this bread you could never throw. In terms of other food, it depends. That which it says that you're not allowed to throw other foods is when it, if it's going to get ruined. And that which it says it's okay to throw other foods is if it's not going to get ruined. Okay. Now, of course, of course maybe according to Shmuel, if it's not going to get ruined, you can even throw bread. But Al Kopan and this bride says more machri when it comes to bread. You should never throw bread, but other foods, it depends if it's going to get ruined or not. So a whole fruit, it's not going to get ruined, so that wouldn't be a problem. You're allowed to pour wine, flow it through pipes in front of a chasin of the akala. So I don't know exactly what they were doing. They were pouring the wine through these big pipes. Rashim says it sounds like uh, it's, it's, a, it's a display of shefa, there's wine. They didn't let any wine go to waste. They would catch the wine in a cup afterwards. Arguably, I might have been considered a bizarre for the wine, but since you're not actually wasting it and they're doing it in front of the chasin and the kala to show, you know, bracha and shefa, so that's okay. They can throw before them kernels of grains and, and nuts, walnuts, only in the summer, because in the summer the ground is dry and nothing will get ruined when it falls in the floor. Not in the winter. In the winter, the, the ground is muddy and those things will get ruined. But you mustn't throw loaves of bread ever. Not in the summer and not in the winter because loaves get ruined. Rashi says they get ruined. Uh, you can also learn that bread you shouldn't throw like we saw according to Samshitas. If a person forgets to make a bracha, he puts food into his mouth below bracha. So what does he do? He's got food in his mouth, now he didn't make a bracha. So remove it, meaning push it to one side of the mouth, and then you can make a bracha, and then you swallow it. 
Then the remains of Brisa, or three Brises. Tanya Chada, one Brisa says, Boilan, in such a case, you put the food in your mouth without a bracha, just swallow it. Tanya Yidach, and then there's another Brisa that says, Paltan, spit it out, and then make a bracha, and then eat it. The and then there's a third Brisa that says, Misalkan, you put it to the side of your mouth, and you make a bracha, like we saw before. So the Gemara says, like, it's not schwer, there's no stew here, it depends. How did Tanya Boilan, that Brisa that says, swallow it, that's a liquid. A liquid, you can't exactly put it to one side of your mouth. And uh, and make a bracha, and you can't uh, spit it out because if you spit it out, it's going to be disgusting. You're not going to swallow it again. So therefore, swallow it and make a bracha afterwards on the next drink. But Daniel now, which it says, spit it out. That's That's something that's not going to get nimas. You can spit it out, you can make a bracha, and then you can eat it. But Daniel and now which it says, put it to the side of your mouth. That's That's something that's mouse that you're not going to be uh, willing to take it back and eat it after you spit it out of your mouth. So therefore, put it to the side, make a bracha, and then swallow it. Now, b'chlal, the Gemara wonders, what's the reason why you cannot always make a bracha with the food in your mouth? Immediately, even something that not, is not going to become most if you spit it out. Also, why then isn't there an option to put it to one side of your mouth and make a bracha? In other words, why is that ever a problem? If it works, if you can put the food to one side of your mouth and make a bracha, why shouldn't you do that? He explained this halacha in front of Yosef Ravin in the name of Rabbi Because the Pasuk says, My mouth should be full of your praises. When you make a tehila bracha, your mouth should be full of the bracha, not of anything else. You can't have food in your mouth and you make a bracha if it's possible.